podcast. Hope you're doing well. It's uh, been a minute for me. I uh, actually taken the last little over a month off of posting on social media and engaging in social media for the most part uh, for a ton of reasons that I'll unpack here over the next few minutes. But uh, it's cool to be back and to be able to share some of the things God's been teaching me over the last season. Um, it would not be an understatement to say the last few months have been uh, trying for me personally Um, just with some challenges uh, personally just navigating some stuff in my own heart and just professionally and even just random stuff Uh, my house is falling apart and just a whole bunch of random stuff going on that have just provided some challenges that have tested my heart and tested my soul and uh, I decided a while back I just needed to unplug and uh, dig in with the Lord a little bit deeper and uh, check my own heart. Uh, and right after that happened, more stuff happened just around my house or in just around my life. And uh, <laughs> it's been a been a challenging season, and I'm grateful in a very strange way for it because God's revealed some stuff in my heart about Him and about me and. Um, taking me back to some foundational stuff in my faith, and it's been a very rich time. Uh, I wouldn't say fun, but rich, and and really good. I, I I found myself seeing the words of Paul more and more, where he talks about longing for heaven, but making the most of time on earth. That this this world is broken, and it, it will try your soul. But while the our days are numbered, while we're here, we have work to do, and we have. Uh, things to do for his kingdom and uh, this last time God's been kind of preparing me a little bit and challenging me a little bit and and causing me to reflect on some stuff and so what I want to do in this podcast is really just unpack a lot of the stuff he's been uh, challenging me with and teaching me with over the last season I have a whole list I've written out in front of me we'll see how much of this I get to Um, I will say this just because I haven't posted a whole lot or done a new podcast in a bit does not mean this porch has not been busy this thing has been uh, been, it's been really a special time back here over the last even month or so. And I will honestly say uh, I'm so grateful for my friends. Um, I've had some bad days and my friends have been there for me and listened to me. And uh, I'm thinking specifically about one night in my men's group where I was just in a bad place and they, they let me uh, complain and whine and whatever and then they kicked me in a... Uh, not physically, but uh, but they loved me enough to be honest with me and encourage me and pick me up. And I've had uh, one of my great friends as uh, many a lunch or, or meeting just let me uh, brain vomit on stuff I'm processing as God's been just really uh, wrestling with my soul. And I'm so grateful to have those people in my life. And it's been the pattern of these podcasts and I won't go there again this much this time, but if you don't have those people in your life, I hope you find them, because for me, they've been a, a lifeboat in this last season of just wrestling with what God's trying to do in and through my life. So uh, let me just kind of roll through some of these things. There, there's just so many things, and this is super random, and if you're in my close circle, none of this is specifically, don't don't, don't think too much about some of this. That's loaded, that means you're going to, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, this is just a lot of stuff God's been teaching me through conversation, through reflection, through just my own personal journey and things I've been reading. Uh, I will say this, the probably best resource for me outside of just time with the Lord, um, I've been reading uh, the new John Eldridge book. 
and it's just been really, really reading my uh, reading my mail. It's like somehow he knows where I'm at. And um, if you're an Eldridge fan, I would encourage you. It's called Get Your Life Back. And it's really just been challenging me a lot. It's one of the reasons I unplugged from social media for a bit. Because he, uh, in the book, talks about how our soul wasn't created for the kind of the world we live in where we wake up and pick up our phone and we go to bed and we look at our phone and all day long our notifications really kind of just the world we live in where we're so driven by technology and our soul wasn't created that way necessarily and technology is not a bad thing I love it but it needs to have a place and so I just was in a place in my heart where I needed to disengage from it for a bit because um, it just was a healthy thing for me and I would encourage that for all of us at times we need to disengage from things to re-engage with him if we're seeing things in our heart that cause concern or just you know nothing major just sometimes we just need to to lay in our dad's arms and let him love us and that's what our Heavenly Father does he wants you to know that you're his kid and he loves you and sometimes we just gotta physically emotionally let that happen so all that to say, here's a couple things God's been teaching me over the last season. And I hope in some way some of this connects to you. Um, there's a bunch of different things here. My guess is some of this probably will. Some of it might not. That's cool. And I'm just going to um, plow through some of this really quick. See what you think. Um, first one is this. Past success and accomplishment is not always an indicator of future happiness. And I, I wrote that because I found myself with friends reflecting um, on things we used to do or things we did. And finding happiness in those things. Oh, remember that time where we did this or we worked together doing this? And um, But just because it was good then doesn't mean it's going to be good now. Or if I went back to that now, it would be good. Just because it was great then doesn't mean it'll be great now. And we as humans have this habit of living in our memories or creating memories or sometimes making things better even than they were. And longing for that instead of enjoying today. We're looking forward to what's ahead. We're living in what's behind. And as a citizen of heaven, I can't let myself get caught up in that because my future is way better than my past and it's definitely way better than my present because I get to spend eternity with my creator. And so past success and accomplishment is, is a great thing if you have that, but it's not an indication of future happiness if you live just in that. Future happiness for me is already done because of my savior. And so if I put my identity or my happiness and a vocation or a job or a person I'm missing the point because those things won't satisfy you and that, that might sound simple but there's a lot of layers to that and I think a lot of us we spend time reflecting so much or, or thinking so much we start telling this narrative of this is the thing that makes us happy and the reality is uh, the thing that will ultimately satisfy my soul is my creator and the fact that I get to be with him forever in this temporary world, I need to make the most of it, but it's not going to fully fulfill me because I'm not with him forever. Now, he lives in me through his Holy Spirit and I have access to him, so he helps me navigate this crazy world, but just that reminder, as a citizen of heaven, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, your future happiness is not based on anything in the past or anything tangible here. It's based on the promise and fulfillment of eternity with our king. Uh, on that next boat, boy, I've seen this with a lot of conversations back here for the last, last season. Uh, identity is a constant battle 
and our enemy, whether you want to call him Satan or the devil or whatever you call him, he's really good and he's committed at that war of your identity. He wants you to feel like you're not who you are or who God says you are. He wants you to define yourself by your failures, by the things that, that you think you are that aren't true, the things that this world might even classify you as. And it's a battle. Gosh, identity is a constant battle. And if you're not surrendering that to the Lord on a daily basis, the enemy will sneak in and he will make you feel less than you really are. And less capable, less prepared, less qualified. He is so good at that. There's a reason he's called the father of all lies because he's really good at it. And that battle for your identity is one you have to fight every day. I think this last uh, cultural time we've been in with just politics and social justice, everything going on, it's caused a lot of people to evaluate their identity and uh, in some ways open the door for the enemy to come in. And it's a very interesting, unique ways. And again, he's really committed to it and you have to fight. Uh, next thing, intentions of others are easy to misunderstand when communication is either lacking, dishonest, or consistently unclear. Um, gosh, I've talked to so many people in the last, whose frustration has stemmed from uh, lack of clarity or miscommunication, and they start judging the intentions of others, and I've done it too for sure. I'm very guilty of this. And it's so easy to misunderstand when we don't, when we're not clear about things, or we're not honest about things, or we just don't talk about it. And our intentions, really are a massive, massive uh, steering wheel in the direction of our life. And when you misunderstand intentions, it usually causes some, some hurt and some frustration in relationships. So here's just a challenge to think about your own intentions and how you communicate them to others. Are you being clear? Are you being honest? Or are you even just being open at all? Because if you're not, people are probably frustrated with you or vice versa. Intentions are a really fascinating steering wheel for us to, to handle. And if we're not handling it well or right, it can really cause some frustration in relationships. I know uh, quite a few friends that, that this, this has been the issue lately of just starting to feel certain ways about people because of lack of communication or, or unclear or clarity or lack thereof of certain things. And you go back to intentions and you start judging people's intentions. You start thinking things about people. And again, the enemy jumps in and starts hurting relationships. Think about your intentions, it's important. Uh, I mentioned this already, but I, I wrote this out. Friends who let you vent and are still your friends, they are the real. When you can sit with someone and be completely honest about the crap in your life, and they're still your friend, you need to keep them around. When you can be at your worst and, and talk about the bad things and the frustrating things or uh, things you're dealing with and they, they still listen and they still pursue you That's pretty awesome And I hope you have those. I know I'm grateful for those who are that for me uh, I just wrote this as a question, but it's just real. Why am I surprised in times of trouble or struggle? That more trouble arises. I don't know why I get surprised when things aren't going my way Why I just seem to think they're automatically going to turn I, I don't know why that that happens but I sometimes got myself getting surprised when, oh that didn't work out or that broke or that's not working or whatever and I get more frustrated instead of seeing that as an opportunity I see it as 
the speed bump again. And why do I let that happen? My guess is you do too. Because we just want to get out. We want to be safe. We want to be comfortable. And the Lord keeps reminding me that that's not a promise in the Bible. He does promise that he'll be with us, but there's no promise of happiness or comfortability in the Bible. In fact, there's a promise of challenge. And I think as a true follower of Jesus, we can't be surprised in times of trouble or struggle that more comes. Yet we are. And I just it's a question I ask because I just, I've seen it in my own life. Why do I get surprised by this? Why do I get frustrated by it? I should just, doesn't mean I need to accept it, but my perspective needs to understand this is part of living in a broken world. Grieving and rest are holy. And they have a place with each other. I was reading Bob Goff's book, Dream Big, and he talks about this. Just uh, giving yourself permission to take a nap or sleep sometimes. That doesn't mean you should miss work or not do the things you need to do. But giving yourself permission to rest. And that that's okay. God intended your body to get a certain amount of sleep. But if you're not doing it, uh, you're not fully on on task all the time or you're feeling off and uh, there's a it's a holy thing to be able to rest and the other thing about that too is grieving and grieving isn't just like if someone passes away although that is grieving grieving is a loss if something doesn't work out the way you want it to, to a relationship a job a decision whatever that is if things don't work out the way you want to if you don't give yourself time to process that with the Lord and to grieve it you kind of build this weird emotional wall. And uh, in Eldridge's book, he talks about with every loss, uh, we kind of push ourselves further back. And we tend to disengage more and more with every loss in our life if we don't deal with it right. And grieving and rest are holy. And there's a place to invite the Lord into that. I hope that's an encouragement for you. Real community works best if you and those involved truly engage in it. It actually takes engagement on all sides. And here's what I mean by that. I think, I've seen, I've experienced what happens when you do community and it's real. But it takes everyone being all in. And if it's not a safe place or if you're not fully there for each other, you know it. You've, you've been there. We've all been there maybe in a small group or environment where it feels kind of superficial it takes engagement on all sides. That includes you and all the people in it. I think for some of us, uh, we spend too much time waiting on other people to engage where maybe it's our role to engage first and to help lead the way with that. But real community works best if you truly engage in it. And by truly engage, I just mean being real and being honest. I can't tell you how freeing it was to be able to sit in front of my men's group and talk about a bad day I had. And instead of just going, oh, I'm good. I mean, I could have done that, but that would have been good for me or them because they care about me and they want to help me navigate my life. What good does it do to have community if you don't engage in it? Now, the next one is the interesting part of that. You can't make someone participate in something they don't want to. Uh, gosh, over the years, I've had so many uh, parents reach out and go, would you mentor my son? And I love that question, and I think I've referenced that before on this podcast, but uh, that doesn't really work if someone doesn't want to be mentored. And uh, I have a friend who's trying to get someone in a small group, 
and that person is kind of pushed back. I'm like, well, you can't make someone participate in a small group. It's the point I just made. It only really works if you choose to engage. And that first starts by just showing up. You can't make someone participate in something they don't want to. Now, technically, you can to a degree legally. I mean, there's I'm thinking kind of big picture small group types here or relationships. I'm not thinking uh, you know legal stuff. I'm just saying you can't make someone participate, uh, especially in the context of like a relationships or small groups. You can't make someone do that. And if you do, they're only going to get so much out of it. Now, maybe you get to plant truth, and I get that, and there's there's a place for that. But real genuine community is real, real, real messy, and it's real, real, real uh, authentic. And to get the most out of it, you got to want to participate in it. Now, sometimes you bring people in to model what it looks like and hope they engage in it, and I get that. But my point here is this. You can't make someone participate in something they don't want to, especially when it comes to the heart. There, there's a really... A lot of this could be a whole podcast in itself, but there's a lot of layers to that thought, and uh, I've unpacked that with quite a few friends and really wrestled with it over the last, uh, especially a couple of weeks. And I just think there's a place for us to understand this is God's thing, not ours. We're here to manage it, and if someone doesn't want to engage in something, we can love them and we can pray for them. On that next note. Uh, it's really hard to talk someone out of some place they've talked themselves into. You can love them, and you can, again, uh, give them truth and point them to hope. But if you've talked yourself into something, you're going to have to be the one to help pull yourself out. My words or someone else's words aren't going to necessarily pull you out. They might give you direction and maybe a lighthouse. But if you've talked yourself into something, you're going to have to, with God, get yourself out. And I uh, recently had a friend who was like, you need to go talk to this person about that. I'm like, I've talked to them, but it's not my place to go, like, answer all that stuff. Like, they've put themselves in that position. And I love them enough where I'm praying and hoping that they're going to make the right decision to seek the information and the facts they need to pull themselves out with the help of community who loves them and supports them. But, but they put themselves into that. They're going to have to be the one who makes a choice to help bring themselves out. Again, you can't make someone do something they don't want to do, especially when it comes to the heart. Uh, this is a really random thought, but it's really uh, it's just something a couple months ago. Taking the trash out is healthy, literally and physically. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, like I've been cleaning out my basement and uh, my house has a basement and I've just been throwing all kinds of stuff away. And gosh, there's so much that uh, feels good when you clean up spaces and stuff that just doesn't belong. You just get rid of it or stuff that's been sitting there for a long time. You just get rid of it and throw it out. And that's a physical thing, but also it's an emotional and spiritual thing too. And so when there's stuff in your heart, there's scars in your heart, there's wounds in your heart, there's grief in your heart, taking time to get rid of that trash and take it to the Lord and say, your, your yoke is light. Mine is heavy. God, here's my junk. And he takes it from you. There's so much freedom there. Taking your trash out. Not just in your house, but also just personal stuff. Man, there's so much power taking time to do that. Uh, I am not what I do, and Jesus does not love me based on my works. I am not what I do. 
Meaning Jesus' love for you is not based on your job or your grade point average or your athletic performance or whatever that might be in your world. Jesus loves you based on Him. He chose to love you first. While we were yet sinners, He still died for us. Not because you got your stuff together or because you got this certain thing or you have this title or you have this accomplishment. He chose to love you first. Now that love should compel us to do what we do and be who we are. But it's not the other way around. And we've all heard a billion talks on that. But the reality is, as a human, it's easy to let that stuff sink in. Uh, mentoring often means listening more than talking. Not saying what you want because you care. And here's what I mean by that. When you're invested in other people or someone's invested in you, uh, I know I've been there lately even with some of my the teenagers I spend time with. Uh, there's so many things I want to say that honestly probably in my 20s I would have said it or I would have tried to fix it. But in my 40s, I just listen. I uh, listen and I will look for opportunities to say some things, but it's not my job to answer every question. It's my job to facilitate a conversation and to point them to the person that will and what does God's word say about it? What does God say about it? Not what do I think about it? And I keep learning more and more. One of the biggest parts of mentoring is just being available and listening. It's not always having the answers or having to answer everything. It's just being present. Because I am not going to be the one that saves you. I am not going to be the one that fulfills the longing of your heart. That's what Jesus does. And so I can point you to him. But my answers aren't going to be the thing that necessarily does that. Now maybe God might use some truth to do that and that's awesome if he does. But uh, I think I've I think I've really understood more and more lately the power, one of the most important things of mentorship is just listening and not always talking. And I found myself lately not saying the things as many things as I've been thinking and uh, actually okay with that and being at a place of peace knowing that the most important thing I can do is be present and I can listen and then along the way look for opportunities to plant truth and to point to hope in Jesus. And I share that with you. I know many, many of you who listen to this are in mentorship relationships. Uh, just to challenge you, you don't always have to have the answers, but you can be present and you can listen. Um, oh, last thing on this list, even if I choose not to believe in God at times, He still believes in me. Even if I choose not to believe in God at times, He still believes in me. Isn't that amazing? I don't get it. I just don't. Gosh, even recently, I would have given up on me so many times. I've given myself ample opportunity to give, an, to give up on myself from my behavior, from my actions, from my lack of trust. Yet somehow, some way, I wake up every day and God says, Hey, you want to do it again? I want to try it again. I still love you. I still believe in you. I still want so much for you. I don't get it. But it's real. And it's true. It's true for you. And it's true for me. And it's true for every human on this planet. That God believes in you. God wants you. God desires to have a relationship with you. Isn't that crazy? That the God of the universe believes in you even when you don't always choose to believe in Him. That's crazy. I don't get it, but I'm grateful for it. That's a whole bunch of random stuff. 
but I just wanted to unpack some of the things God's been teaching me over the last season. It's been a really, really rich, uh, hard, challenging, amazing, uh, uh, gosh, I don't even have the words for it. It's just been this really crazy couple months that I'm profoundly thankful that in the midst of my uh, trying to figure some things out, God has just done that. He still believes in me, and he still wants the best for me just like he wants the best for you and I'm hopeful I'm hopeful not only for that because I'm a citizen of heaven and I'm his son and I get a chance to live a legacy that points back to the one that matters forever and so do you that's a few thoughts from the porch today before the